Welcome to today's BCOG online podcast episode. These weekly sermons are a part of the growing online ministry of God. Buford Church of God is a growing multi-campus and multicultural Pentecostal church north of Atlanta. We are reaching people around the world to see lives transformed through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Thank you for tuning in with us and enjoy today's episode with Senior Pastor Joey Grizzle. Genesis chapter 50, reading verses 15 through 21. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, perhaps Joseph will take us and hate us and may actually repay us for all the evil which we did to him. So they sent messengers to Joseph saying, before your father died, he commanded saying, thus you shall say to Joseph, I beg you, please forgive the trespass of your brothers and their sin for they did evil to you. Now please forgive the trespass of the servants of the God of your father. Joseph wept when they spoke to him. Then his brothers also went in and fell down before his face and they said, behold, we are your slaves. Joseph said to them, do not be afraid. For am I in the place of God? But as for you, you meant evil against me. But for what you meant for evil, God meant it for good. In order to bring about as it is this day to save many people alive. Now therefore, do not be afraid. I will provide for you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. Say amen at the reading of God's word. You may be seated. This is a very important story. It sets the stage for the entire book of Exodus. It gives a great historical glimpse of how the Hebrews ended up in Egypt. You need to pay attention to the life of Joseph, not just because of the poetry and the promise that we find in the story, but sheer mathematics compels you to place value on this story because the Gospels tell us that if all that Jesus did and said were written down, there's not enough parchment in the world to contain just his life. God summarizes thousands of years of his manifest word And when he takes chapter after chapter, verse after verse, to describe one person and their story, it's important for you to hear that story. There are so many things about Joseph that's compelling. I love how he journeyed from the pit to Potiphar's house, to prison, to prince. How his brothers sold him into slavery after they were actually entangled with a concept or conspiracy to kill him. Sold him into slavery and there in that house of slavery, he even there he was lied about and they put him in prison. In prison he was forgotten. Yet in all these circumstances, Joseph never rebelled against God and never fell into sin. It's amazing to me that a person forgotten by his family and apparently forgotten by God How could that person stay away from sin? You see, sin is the fruit of hopelessness. It's a life that no longer believes that tomorrow holds any value and their significance of now is so diminished that it doesn't matter what they do. But Joseph never lost sight of his dream. He was always compelled to believe that the best 
is yet to come. That tomorrow can be better than my today. That even in the darkest moments of his life, he was believing that his God would work it out. You will find this theme repeat, repeated throughout Scripture because God's greatest heroes are those that praise him in adversity and glorify him even though their circumstances seem to diminish every light of glory. The life of Joseph is encouraging and compelling because it reminds me that the God of the mountain is still God in the valley. The God of the good times is still God in the bad times. The God of the day is still God at night. That no matter what my brothers or my sisters or my community or my government or my culture or circumstances of life, no matter what they throw at me, it cannot diminish the righteous anchor that's inside of me. And I know that regardless of what's going on around me, when I look to the north and I can't find him, I look to the south and the east and the west, and there is no manifest presence of God, even then I can say in my soul, I know my Redeemer lives, and when I'm tried, I'll come for this goal. Naked came I into this world. Naked I shall depart. But blessed be the name of the Lord. I will not give up on my tomorrow. For the same God that gave me that dream is the same God that's with me in the prison of my own discouragement right now. I'll not let him go. I'm not going to walk away from God. What a great story told from the life of the innocent. The one that was forsaken. This same theme is picked up by the Apostle Paul from a different perspective. For Paul was unlike Joseph. Joseph was innocent and later vindicated. He was thrown into a pit by his own brothers. Paul was one of the brothers. Paul was the one who stood by when Stephen was stoned. Paul was the one that persecuted the church. Paul was the one who could not say, bring to me justice, bring to me what I deserve. Yet Paul was capable of picking up on this theme of Joseph when he wrote this great letter to the Romans. He said, for we know that the whole creation groans. And labors with birth pains together until now. Not only that, but we also know that we have the first fruits of the Spirit. Even we ourselves grown within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. For we were saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope at all. For why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what we should pray as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercessions for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is. 
because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And now we know that all things work together for the good to them that love God, to those that are the called according to his purpose. What Satan meant for evil in my life with my own sin, God worked it together for my good. Paul preaches and teaches us that not only can God use those past moments of pain while you were righteous, he can also use those past moments of failure when you walked away from God. All things work together for the good to them that love the Lord, to them that are the called according to his purpose. I have a plan that belongs to God and the devil cannot rattle the cage of my destiny. I have a tomorrow. I have a purpose in this world. God has a plan for my life. Now I like the way that Paul describes this. He does something very unique with his theology here. He says all things work together. I must confess I have been teaching this passage Wrong. Not that I've said something that was incorrect. It's that I have not walked in the completion of this verse. Paul completes a thought that I've never put with this verse. You see, Paul doesn't just say all things the way that I'm saying it in terms of my past, my destiny, my achievements, and my failures working together for my good. Paul talks about creation. He says that creation groans in anticipation of me becoming what God called me to be. What an incredible thought. I don't know how many of you are geeks when it comes to studying creation and science, but I am intrigued by one element of creation more than any other, and that is how precise creation is. I want you to think about this. The precision with which we exist in this universe is a miracle. Just the fact that hydrogen and oxygen can overcome certain laws of physics so that they can bond and form water. The fact that we have an oxygen-rich atmosphere so that life can exist Trees that take in the poisonous carbon dioxide and breathe out the oxygen that we breathe. They've since discovered that the gravitational forces on the earth make us live within a bubble of safety. That our proximity to the sun protects us from asteroids that rivet and destroy other planets. The moon is like a goalie in soccer, literally sweeping around the earth and protecting us from things that could cause doom to our existence. We are exactly the right distance from the sun so that we don't melt in the summertime or freeze during the winter. If we move just a matter of inches closer to the sun, we'd burn up. Inches further away, all of life would freeze. We are exactly where we're supposed to be. They have since discovered that the gravitational forces of the stars 
seem to have some impact even on our solar system. And it seems that they were even used by God to finely tune the perfection of earth. The moon itself controls the tides of the ocean. Literally, the moon's proximity to earth tells the ocean, you can only go this far. So when Paul said all things, he wasn't just talking about you and your past or your future. He was letting you know that every sunrise is working for you. Every sunset is on your side. He was letting you know that every sparrow sings so that you'll know to glorify your God. He was preparing a table before you in the presence of your enemies with the feast of every meal, with that wind that blows, with every song of creation that testifies to your heart that there's a God in heaven with majesty and glory and honor, power and praise. And those of you who are attuned to the beauty and tapestry of creation, if you see the stars, you watch the sunrise, if you can see the beauty of God's creation and you recognize that this whole earth was created so that we could live in it, how can you not simultaneously believe that God can work the mud of your life and the rocks of your past and the weeds of your broken promises and the shame of your shattered dreams. He can take all of that and breathe in it. So that all of me, my past, my present, and my future, I can give God all of my hopes, all of my shame, all of my sin, all of my broken promises, all of the wounds that are in my life. I can bring this broken altar of praise to the altar of God's salvation, and he can work all things together for my good. According to his riches and glory, he'll baptize me with that provision of grace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I like that word work. He didn't say that he'll create a painting. He said he's going he's gonna to put it to work. That that was meant to destroy you becomes your employee. Talk to me, church. He's going to look at your past and say, you tried to wound my baby, clock in. And you better smile when you stand behind that register because we're going to work it out. Divorce, come here. Bow your knee. We're going to work this together for their good, says the Lord. Bring this broken promise. Come here. Come here. You sit there right there. Don't you dare look at me with them eyes like that one more time. You're going to work for my baby. I'm going to prepare a table in the presence of, of enemies. I, I'm going to allow this child to feast on the pain of their past. I'm going to take all of that and I'm going to put it to work. Even when you don't see it, he's working. Even when you don't feel it, he's working. He never stops. He never stops. He never stops. He never stops working. Every sunrise is working. Every wind that blows is working. Every yesterday is working. Every tomorrow is working. It's all working together. What the devil means for evil, God means for good. If God be for us, who can be against us? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's why I don't have to understand much. 
I don't have to know. Kansas was wrong. We're not dust in the wind. We're children of a king. He's got a plan. And everything in my life will be used by God. For those of you who have to understand, you want to know why it happened to you, you have to figure out why you failed or why this person lied, and you have to put all of it in perspective, then you're serving the wrong God. Pastor Gary gave me a great thought. He said, you know, he's not called the God of understanding. He's called the God of peace. He said, when you try and bow down to the God of understanding, you're worshiping the wrong God like Adam and Eve when they took the tree of knowledge and ate the fruit. When you have to understand your past, understand your pain, put it all in perspective, keep asking God why. Why did this happen? Why did that happen? Why do I have to have these things in my life? If that's you, you're serving the wrong God. Because God is not a God of understanding. He's a God of peace. And the Bible says he'll give you peace that surpasses understanding. My peace becomes greater than my confusion. My peace becomes greater than what happened to me. I have peace that's beyond my understanding. Maybe I'll understand it better by and by, but until then, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I'm not afraid of what happened to me or what the devil threatens with me, and I'm not afraid of what he thinks he's going to do to me tomorrow because what the devil means for evil, God means for good. He's given me the peace. He's given me the love. He wrote my name down in the Lamb's book of life and he takes all of my life history all of my life story all of the tapestry of creation and he works it together for my good hallelujah when I was in Ukraine this verse became alive to me I was trying to get into Romania and they kicked us out I had to walk across a bridge with all of my luggage to try and get in, and I had to walk back across with that same luggage. As they said, you can't come into Romania. So I had extra days. So I contacted one of my pastor friends in Ukraine. I told them that I would be at their church on Wednesday night and would enjoy just being in fellowship with them. And He read into that that, I wanted to preach. I didn't want to preach. I was grouchy. He booked me to preach at some church in the middle of nowhere. I mean nowhere. Matter of fact, they had to come out on the main road. They said, we'll be on the side of the road in a red Ford. And I thought to myself, are red Fords so unique in this country that it's going to stand out and we'll see it? Well, it was. We got behind the red Ford and we drove back on these country lanes until we got lost ourselves and, and found this country church. Beautiful little church, wonderful setting right there in the base of the Carpathian Mountains. I get out. They have a long service that starts at 8 p.m. <laughs> then they have a meal prepared that we have to eat afterwards. I'm double ticked. There's a prophecy kind of given to me from Slavic Radchuk. He said, one of the amazing things about your ministry is that when you start speaking to any church in Ukraine, I've noticed they start weeping. 
I thought to myself while they were getting ready for me to come up, I was like, well, we're going to test that tonight. <laughs> I got up there and found out after I was talking that pastor wasn't even there. The guy that I thought was the pastor was just a deacon. No offense, deacons. And so I was sitting there, and I'm like, I'm the only, what am I doing here? So I look at those people, and I say, beautiful church. Truthfully, it reminds me of home. Looks like the North Georgia mountains. It reminds me of where I was raised. Grew up on a farm. When I pulled up, you have that well out in front of the property. It looks just like that well we had out in front of the farmhouse. Have the same tin bucket I grew up with. I always feel sorry for those people who don't know what it's like to take that bucket and lower it down into the well, drink from the water of the earth. It's the same pity I feel for people who don't know what it's like to dip their hand down in a river that flows from its throne. So my question to you tonight in Ukraine, is anybody thirsty? Is there a longing in your heart as a deer pants for the water brooks? God sent me here tonight to let you know that the bride has come. In the spirit, when I started that, they all started just weeping. Just crying. Spirit of God fell. I kind of got over some of my grouchiness, especially when they fed me. <laughs> the next day, I was meeting with my friends, and I've always had a desire to run a large youth camp for all of the orphans of western Ukraine. And they were describing an effort that they had to put together a camp and how they had made some progress and where it was and that kind of thing. And I said, well, wait a minute. I said, why don't we rent a campground? We, we could rent a campground and we could hold all of the kids. We could have a pool and a lake and it'll be so much easier and bring them in to a, a five-day youth camp. I can bring in the team from, from Buford Church of God. I'll bring a praise team and we'll bring in preachers and we'll, huh, what are we talking about? We'll have all these volunteers, and we'll come over. We'll, we'll be, this would be a great youth camp. They said, that's awesome. Do you have a place we could rent? Well, we could, I don't know. And this one guy goes, you know, last night kind of reminded me of something. There's a camp in Ukraine. It's got a lot of land, beautiful lake, great lodging. They'll feed and lodge the kids $15 a day. We could, we could keep the kids there. They have three meals a day, great place to sleep. We can have all the church we want. They've got a church service. I said, great. Where, where is the camp? They said, funny thing is, it's right behind that church you preached at yesterday. God wanted me to get a tour of where I was called to go took me up on a mountain and showed me where I was going to be so that I would be prepared. See, even when you don't see it, he's working. Even when you don't feel it, he's working. He never stops. He never stops. He never stops. He never stops working. All things working together for my good. You're going to look back over your past, and you're going to realize that God's going to take everything from yesterday into your tomorrow, and he's going to bake it up as a beautiful banquet for you. If you'll just commit yourself to his purpose. Octavius, come stand with me if you will. I want to share with you a testimony. We've shared some of his testimony, but it just got better. You know, his, his testimony just keeps growing. God's hand is on Pastor Octavius. 
You know, he's our connections pastor. He works hard to greet and to connect people and teaches and preaches and shares the word of God. And all of the complaints department. He's over all complaints. Thank you. I didn't know that. It's great. Yeah. Post his cell phone up on the... But Pastor Octavius, when he and I first met, it was very coincidental. I knew him just by hearing him interact with a mutual friend. Slavic Radchuk and I came to the seminary. And he came up and started speaking to Slavic. You see, Slavic was there with me so that we could start this school for a doctoral program in Ukraine. But he was called to preach at a crusade with Slavic in Romania when he was 19 years old. And so he got called to preach and he came to the seminary called to preach. Underneath the ministry of the man that I was standing beside when I walked in to plant another church in Ukraine. And so when I meet him, we hit it off and he goes with me to Ukraine as a translator and driver and we started working together in missions projects. And when time came for him to advance his desire to stay in the United States, continue his education and his ministry here, he came to me and said, can you help? Can I be a part of your staff? And so we worked something out. We hired an attorney. They told us it would take about nine months to get his visa. Took us six days. Matter of fact, I think they may have used this word. It's a miracle. The attorney said he's never seen anything like that in his career, so it was, it was a miracle. Miracle, yeah. He's getting his counseling degree, getting licensed as a counselor, works with the Transformation Center in Chattanooga. We talked to the Transformation Center about opening up an office right here on our property. We've got a lot of people who are full of problems. I don't know how to fix them. <laughs> Great inventory. This is job security. And so we opened up Transformation Center right here on our property. So now we have this counseling group. Simultaneous with that, my sister has been praying about private counseling. Receiving it. Todd probably would be more a candidate. I'm actually giving counseling. And so she's been preparing herself, looking for an outlet for that next step of her preparation. Got a text from, come here, Kathy, come just stand right here. We'll, just, she didn't know we were going to do this. Yeah. Got a text from Kathy. While I was in Ukraine, said, I met with Mark from Transformation Center. I'm so, so glad. She said, probably going to start with them part time. And I said, wow, that's too many miracles in one sentence. She said, I'm amazed at the timing and the perfect fit. So glad orders, glad God orders my steps instead of me. And I put, your contact had to move from Moldova just to find us. Hallelujah. 
You know, when Abraham was going up that mountain, God said, you're going to lose your baby. He knew that God wasn't going to take that child. He didn't know how. But he said, me and, that, me and this boy are going to come back. But while he was going up that mountain, what he didn't know was there was a little lamb coming up the other side of the mountain. And what you didn't know when you were getting saved and over in your revival services, God was preparing me to meet Slavic Radchuk by sending me to Buford Church of God so that we could connect. And when the Transformation Center was on here, you were on the way on the other side of that mountain. Not only does God not, does he not avoid those things that are in my life, he incorporates my past, incorporates my failures. Creation declares his glory, and he uses every life I touch. Every life in my orbit so that all things, all people, all creation works together for the good to them that love the Lord. You don't know when God's going to get you out of your prison. You don't know when God's going to open up that stone door and say, come out. You're alive. You're alive. You don't know what God has in your future. But this I can tell you, the same God that did it for them is the same God that can do it for you. He's not going to leave you out. He has a plan for your life. And a plan for your future. Somebody help me magnify God today. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just stand with me all over the house. I mean, I could go around the room. I mean, you're from Puerto Rico. You're from France, Spain. Where You were raised in France, Born in Spain, raised in France, and you met in Miami. <laughs> Who knew? You don't know what God's working out right now. Every relationship in your life, every casual encounter, I forget who it was that said it, but it was such a great line. Coincidence is God's way of remaining anonymous. How many times has he just worked it out? Somebody talk to me. How many times did it just work out? You don't know how. You don't know why. But right on time, somebody give me a witness in here. That right when you're a at the point of feeling like it might have been over, God started working it out for your good. I got canceled in Romania so I could go back to McDonald's and get some kids from eating, keep them from eating buckwheat. You know why? Because God loves them babies. They asked me to speak to them. I said, you must be very special for God to send me all the way from America to let you know that he loves you. And I said, you know what? Every night when you're asleep in your bed, you know what your Father in Heaven is doing? He's at the foot of your bed singing over you. A little girl just comes up and holds me. Yeah, it's going to be all right. Buford Church of God knows where you are now. That regardless of what you've gone through or even what you've done, all things can work together when you decide that you're going to serve His calling. And his purpose. And I know what you're thinking. Especially you sons of thunder. You're thinking I'm not called. It's not what he's talking about. He's not talking about called to preach. Called to teach. You know what he's talking about? 
He's talking about when he made that banquet and he sent the invitation out to all of the qualified people and they made excuses. And so he gathered up all of the people in his house and he said, the banquet is prepared, but my house is empty. Go out there in the highways and the byways. Find the blame, the blamed, that's true. Find the blind and the lame. Find those who don't belong and tell them, come and dine, come and dine. I'm not part of that elite group. I'm just the one that showed up. I'm the one that said, I heard you've got some food and I'm hungry. I heard that you have something to drink and I'm thirsty. And if you've got a place for me and you want somebody like me, I'll come in. And God said, called, 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 called. He sent the call out for whosoever will. And I'm just part of the ones that answered the call. So today he's working it out for my good. And I don't even deserve it. But I didn't quit. I'm still trying. Not boasting that I've apprehended, that I've done anything great. This one thing I do, I forget those things which are behind. And I press toward those things which are before. And I strain for the mark, the high calling of my Christ and King. Because sometimes you just got to put yesterday in the hands of God. Isn't that right, Paul? Just got to let it go. I bless you with the confidence of knowing that God's on your side. May you be blessed in the city and blessed in the field. Blessed when you rise and when you lay down at night. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine on you and give you peace. Give you beauty for ashes and the oil of joy for mourning. Garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. May the road rise to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. May the sun shine warm on your face and the rains fall softly on your fields. And until we meet again. May God hold you in the hollow of his hand. God bless you. I love you. I'll see you next Sunday. We hope you enjoyed Pastor Joey's word today. To find out more about our ministry, visit bcog.me. Our services are live streamed weekly on Sundays at 11 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. If you have any questions, you can talk to one of our pastors anytime via bcog.me messenger. See you again in the next podcast episode.